Welcome to Integrative Medicine Solutions with Forum Health, the podcast. Our nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers believe in a new standard of healthcare, one that creates optimal health by focusing on partnering with you, understanding your needs, learning about your unique health history, and getting to the root cause of your concerns. Using advanced testing, emerging therapies, and the latest technology, Forum Health providers are at the forefront of integrative and functional health care for all. Your journey to better health starts here. Our speakers tonight are Dr. Connie Casebolt of Forum Health Greenville and Camilla Fiore of Forum Health Asheville. Dr. Casebolt is a graduate of Loma Linda University School of Medicine and has been board certified in family medicine since 1985. She also has a master's degree in public health with an emphasis in nutrition. Dr. Casebolt's book, Wellness by Design, dispels common health myths and was endorsed by Ellen DeGeneres, Jimmy Kimmel, and Suzanne Summers. Her passion is finding and fixing the root cause of disease, which has led her to develop expertise in many functional and integrative treatment modalities. Camilla Fiore has over 14 years of experience as a certified nurse practitioner, having received her degree as an advanced practice registered nurse from the University of Florida. She completed a fellowship in metabolic and nutritional medicine and earned certification in chelation therapy through the American College for Advancement in Medicine. Camilla believes that like a fingerprint, each person and their environment are unique and is committed to providing individualized medicine to each patient to optimize their health. She treats thyroid disorders, hypertension, diabetes, obesity, autoimmune conditions, food allergies and intolerances, and mood disorders, and much more. Welcome, Dr. Casebold and Camilla. Thank you for having us. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us tonight. You know, hair loss is a hot topic for so many people, including both men and women. In fact, it affects over 80 million Americans a year, causing a lot of frustration and, of course, a lack of confidence. So, Dr. Casebold, to start off, what are some causes of hair loss and hair thinning? Um, so lack of hormones can be a big factor. So as we age, both men and women, we're going to lose some of the hormones that we had in robust quantities when we were in our twenties. Um, and the hair follicle, especially I'll talk for women, very dependent on estrogen and progesterone and to a certain extent, testosterone, which I can go into a little bit later. Well, I'll just mention it now. Testosterone is kind of on a bell-shaped curve. If you don't have enough, you can have hair loss. If you have too much, you can have hair loss. So kind of like Goldilocks porridge, you want that one to be just right. And then the other big class of hormones that can affect uh, hair loss is thyroid. Uh, lack of thyroid can cause hair loss. And, and almost the same thing, too much thyroid, hair loss, not enough thyroid, hair loss. So again, we always wanna be in balance. So that's hormones. And then of course, nutrition, uh, and we'll be talking more about that, but just as a general category, um, everything in your body that needs to grow and be replenished, obviously it's dependent on our nutritional stores. Uh, so that's kind of a broad overview. Okay, that's great. That's a great way to start off. Um, Camilla, you know, everyone experiences a little bit of hair loss on their brush or in the drain after the shower. But I know a lot of people are wondering how much hair loss is too much? When do you know you need to seek treatment? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. 
you know, in literature, it'll tell you anywhere between 50 to 100 strands a day is pretty normal for hair loss. Um, and anything maybe above 100 strands, or especially when you see like clumps of hair coming out in your in your hairbrush, for example, or in, or in your shower drain, you know, that could kind of cause be a cause for alarm. Um, you know, I think for, for a lot of us, we're so busy and um, especially women, you know, as caretakers, like we don't always pay attention to some of the signals our bodies are giving us. Um, uh, and it might be when you put your hair up in a ponytail and then you realize, oh gosh, where's the rest of my ponytail? There's only 50% of it um, that we kind of get alarmed and then really start seeking help. At least I see that a lot with my um, patients. Uh, but, you know, at least it does get a lot of us through the door to really start paying attention to our health and, you know, what could be going on as Dr. Casebolt mentioned. There's so many root causes, whether it's hormones or autoimmune disease, mm -hmm. gut issues. Um, that's the beauty of functional and integrative medicine is that we will go in and dig till we figure out what that is for you or that patient. Um, and really, most of the time, it's really more than one thing. Um, usually, it's not just one. It's just a, a bunch of different root causes. And, and we just try to knock them out one by one. That makes sense. And, you know, you, you kind of touched upon a little bit of gut health, maybe thyroid. Dr. Casebolt, I'm curious, what is the connection, if there is one, between hair loss and maybe thyroid health? Uh, yes. So thyroid, um, the best way to think of thyroid is that it is the thermostat that sets the rate at which you can do anything. It, it literally tells your mitochondria how fast they can produce energy. So typically uh, low thyroid symptoms can encompass a wide range. I can give just a few uh, low energy. Again, you're not making energy very fast. Uh, constipation, um, depression, because your brain just doesn't want to move fast. Weight gain, um, brittle uh, nails, dry, uh, thinning skin. But hair loss is one of them because again, you need thyroid to drive anything that's growing or, or being replaced on your body. So as like anywhere else, you need thyroid. Um, so that's kind of the connection between thyroid and hair health. And also I might mention there's different types of hair loss. If it's, if it's diffuse, like everywhere, then it might be more likely to be thyroid or possibly gut health and lack of certain key nutrients. If it's more male pattern where you're receding here or getting thin on the top, that might be more of a hormone imbalance. And then um, Kamala mentioned um, the autoimmune and lots of autoimmune diseases can contribute. There's a particular one called alopecia areata, which is a very definite autoimmune. And that's when the hair will come out in patches. You'll have bald spots could be large, could be small, but it's an entire spot where it's completely no hair. Um, that one's definitely autoimmune um, and linked to low iron in particular. Mm, interesting. Um, I'm curious, is there anything, Dr. Casebolt, that a person can do to just naturally improve their thyroid health? Is there anything they can do right now after this, after this class tonight yeah. to just help improve it? Um, we actually have a supplement available through Forum Health that I have grown to love and appreciate. Uh, it's called Thyro Excel, and it's loaded with nutrients that the thyroid in particular needs. 
It has, for example, selenium. A lot of folks are low in selenium. You have to have selenium for good thyroid health. It has zinc. Again, a lot of people low in zinc. And zinc in particular is one of the minerals that you have to have for hair. So hair, um, thyroid health, immune health, wound healing, zinc is involved in all of these. Um, some iodine, you'd be surprised how many people are low in iodine. And the thyroid hormone literally has iodine molecules attached to it. Um, so yes, thyroid, uh, so the thyroid cell, I've actually seen some people when they get on that, if there's kind of mild, um, they can sometimes avoid being on a medication and the supplement will generally give enough of this nutrients, assuming they're absorbing well, and we've covered gut health, et cetera. But yeah, that's a great supplement available through Forum Health. That's great. You know, I'm, I'm curious now, now that we know about the connection between thyroid health and, and hair loss, Dr. Casebolt, can you talk to us about gut health and that connection to hair loss? Yes. In particular, how does a person's gut microbiome impact the hair follicle growth cycle? So the gut microbiome, this has become a buzzword. Um, it refers to the totality of the bacteria that are in our gut. And we need to have those bacteria. They're like our little friends. If we feed them correctly and treat them correctly, then they respond by doing wonderful things for us. They actually can create uh, their own vitamins that we can then absorb. Um, they assist in blood sugar regulation. They assist in uh, even keeping hormones like cortisol and insulin better regulated. Um, so yes, the microbiome is very important and, uh, you don't want to harm it. The way you harm it is with chemicals. So processed foods are going to harm your gut microbiome, artificial sweeteners, which is a, yes, it's part of processed food, but in particular artificial sweeteners like Splenda, saccharin, etc. Um, and then too much, uh, saturated fat, a diet that's too heavy in animal foods, um, because the gut microbiome depends on fiber. Fiber is only found in whole plant foods that have not been processed. So, uh, the vast majority of Americans are severely deficient in fiber and that drives a lot of problem. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention with gut health, aside from the microbiome, um, the condition of your, your villi and your microvilli. So villi, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Camilla, but. I, it is a finger-like projection. So villus, I believe, is Latin for finger. And so our intestines are not just a single sheet of absorptive surface. They're villi. And then uh, there's little tiny microvilli coming out from each. So what it does, it makes the absorptive surface of your gut more like a tennis court instead of it would be just a small little area if, if it was just a single cell. So if your microvilli and your villi are damaged, then they cannot absorb key nutrients, including minerals. And I see this all the time. Um, we see a lot of folks with iron deficiency and you can trace it back to the fact that they're eating gluten. So gluten is one of the foods that can cause atrophy or flattening or damage um, to the villi. So again, that's why in order to get a handle on this, it does require a full functional medicine approach because you do have to get the health of the GI tract back in order if you want to be able to absorb everything that you need to absorb. 
That makes sense. Yeah, that's really helpful. It's it's easy to understand when you can visualize the fingers, <laughs> you know, in your your GI tract. Um, Camilla, just a follow up to that. What are some tips to, that somebody can do to naturally improve their gut health? Gosh, there's so many um, things we could do. And Dr. Casebo, I love that analogy as as you know the the villi. I like to tell patients it's kind of like a shag carpet. <laughs> if when, when it's healthy and then with um, say gluten sensitivity or if people have different food sensitivities and that chronic inflammation, maybe from stress um, can kind of make that more like a, um, instead of the, the shag carpet, now it's a Berber type of carpet. So you're, you're really absorbed being a lot less and that can contribute to a lot of nutritional deficiencies um, like Dr. Casebo, like you mentioned, the zinc, um, the B vitamins, selenium, um, all these things that are so important for our hair growth, but especially iron. I personally have struggled with low iron for probably most of my life. And, um, and that just makes it re really hard for our hair to be healthy and full because it, it's almost like when we're not having enough oxygen carrying capacity because of our lack of iron, our body's gonna conserve whatever iron we have to do those critical things like keep our heart beating, keep our lungs breathing, um, and not worry about things like hair. So when we're, lying, when we're running from a lion, um, especially you know, in that chronic type of stress that most of us have in our, in our lives, we're not gonna be worried about hair. Our body's really focused on just survival. Um, and we do see that a lot of times with stress, it can cause um, hair loss, but also lead to the gut issues. Um, and to get back to your question, Britt, um, with, with gut healing, there's, there's a great protocol um, we have at shopfromhealth.com that Dr. Saxena helped develop um, called GDRX. Um, it's, it's a wonderful uh, kind of protein shake that um, has even some pumpkin seed it's in it, which can also help our hair or block that DHT production. And Dr. Casebo, you mentioned some of the hormone things. Um, so when testosterone's going down more of a DHT pathway, that can cause male pattern baldness um, and a lot of hair loss in, in my female patients. So there's another supplement that's great for that. Um, I believe it's called uh, Dim Palmetto that we have on shopformhealth.com that helps block that pathway. Eating broccoli um, sprouts is a great option. Um, but that GDRX program is really great at healing and sealing the gut since 80% of our immune systems in the gut, our neurotransmitter productions in the gut that's responsible for our emotions. It's so important. And what I love about that program too is it comes with a, a supplement called Duo Detox, which helps optimize our phase two liver detoxification pathways, um, which really helps with healthier hormone balance um, just by blocking those unhealthy estrogen uh, pathways and really help our body detoxify in a healthy, um, manageable way. So it's a great, great tool. Um, some other, you know, fun tools, I think, for uh, healing and sealing the gut are just kind of going back to the basics, removing what is bothering the gut. Um, so especially with um, Hashimoto's or autoimmune thyroiditis, um, there's what we call molecular mimickers. So certain foods that can trigger that autoimmune attack on the thyroid are things like gluten or dairy, corn, soy, um, and even latex. So a lot of times, you know, we'll start with that, just an elimination diet. 
um, and then bringing the good things in to help heal the gut. Um, so it's not an easy process, but it's definitely worth it. Um, it. It's just, I think, better sometimes to really fix that root cause and help and heal the, the body instead of just getting medications. Um, and one of the most fun things I think in, in our practices is that even when we do start somebody on a thyroid hormone replacement, for example, because they need that support initially, a lot of times once you do that heavy lifting and fix the gut, um, a lot of patients don't need to stay on these things. You know, just kind of making sure that they get the supplements or nutritional support they need, um, eating a more healthy diet, avoiding those um, GMO pesticide-rich foods can make such a difference. Definitely. No, thank you for all those suggestions. It really does all go back to the gut in so many ways. Yeah. Um, Dr. Casebolt, question for you. You know, we discussed improving your thyroid health and your gut health. Are there any other ways to prevent hair loss and hair hair thinning that you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, yeah. So, um, so again, first step is to optimize gut health and then assay all the hormones, the sex hormones and thyroid. If those are all completely optimized, um, there are some people, and, and this is where, when people come to me and, and they want to get placed on hormones, for example, which is a big part of my practice, I seem to attract a lot of um, postmenopausal women like myself. Um, I do have a discussion and I ask them, does male pattern baldness run in your family? Because there are some families that are way more prone to that. And if that's the case, we do have to be careful about testosterone because as Camilla said, if testosterone converts to dihydrotestosterone, we abbreviate that DHT in genetically susceptible people, that's the form of testosterone that can affect the hair follicle. So having said that, she mentioned a supplement that's available. Um, I'm gonna mention another one that I think there has some overlap properties. Uh, it may be somewhat similar. And this is one that will be familiar to folks because it's advertised on TV, um, but it's called Nutrafol. And so it's advertised on TV. I tell my patients, look, if you uh, get it through Shop Forum Health, or we actually have a link specific to our, our office in Greenville, um, you can save some money. Um, now, whenever you're taking a supplement, especially for hair health, you have to commit to at least three months because it takes time. The hair, you know, uh, historically, or what we're taught is it can grow maybe a half an inch uh, per month. And so you have to take some time to kind of for those hair follicles to kind of wake up and say, hey, I think I, it's, it's, it's time to grow. So you can never just say, I'm gonna try this for four weeks and then make a decision as to whether it's helping you. Um, but Nutrafol is good. We also have another supplement um, that we have, it's called Hair, Skin and Nails. And I'll sometimes even combine the two because in the Hair, Skin and Nails, there's a much more robust um, amount of the minerals that we need. Because sometimes even if you're, even if you improve your gut health, maybe you don't have it perfect yet. So if you kind of flood a few more minerals onto the scene, just by virtue of um, amount, you're going to absorb enough to make a difference with your hair. So I often have people that will try both of those and they, they love the results. That's great. That's wonderful. So the big question I think a lot of people are thinking right now is what about treatment? So Camilla, I'll start with you. What are some integrative and functional medicine treatment op uh, options that are available for hair loss at your clinic? And then Dr. Caseload, I would love to hear the same from you as well. 
Um, you know, so so our, our clinic, gosh, I'm just such a curious person. So um, it, it's really just such a such a wide range of different supplements and um, things we could do. As, as I mentioned, kind of just going after the root cause, of course, starting there. Um, real quick, just some of the testing, for example, that I find beneficial are um, micronutrient testing. I, I had a patient that came in to me and said, oh, she's been taking high dose vitamin A for over a year. And, and one of her chief complaints was hair loss. Um, and vitamin A toxicity could be a contributing factor to hair loss. And in her case, that, that was the reason. So just, you know, there, you could get too much of a good thing too. All these um, supplements and nutrients are important, but it's also nice to check in and, and see, do you have enough um, or maybe too much or not enough of something? So that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, so some other favorite treatments, one I recently learned about, and Dr. Casebolt, you could speak more on this because this is more of your specialty, but um, is peptides. There's a peptide called BPC-157 that you could take orally to help uh, heal and seal the gut. So I'm really excited to start using this in, in our practice more, and that um, is also available on shopformhealth.com. Um, one of my favorites that I've used with my patients um, one, one in particular is uh, liquid biosil, which is um, really readily available at any health food store. It's marketed for hair, skin, and nails. Um, and it works really great for hair. It's basically a silica uh, supplement. So another form of silica that's great for hair is a horsetail, for example. Um, I, I do like the liquid form of the biosil better than the capsules. I find patients have better results with that. I use it a lot, even for things like osteoporosis. Um, to help strengthen the bones. Um, the only downside to that one is it can have a little bit of a dead fish taste. So you got to kind of mask it in, in tea or juice or something, but it works great other, otherwise. Um, pumpkin seed oil is also great, great um, vitamins and um, minerals and that, and also helps protect that uh, or block that DHT pathway we mentioned before. Um, <clears throat> some other ones I love, um, our nitric oxide, um, which usually it doesn't come to the mind when we're talking about hair loss. I think we're using more of that lately. Um, when we see a lot of hair loss, especially in our post-COVID patients, which is becoming um, kind of a challenge where you know a lot of patients will unfortunately lose a lot of their hair. And that could be also related to the stress and the gut inflammation from that. But nitric oxide is a great way to help lower markers of inflammation and really kind of help put, put out that fire so that we don't get more hair loss and, and kind of stop that process from happening. Um, one of my other ones um, is low-dose naltrexone, especially if the hair loss is related to autoimmune conditions. Um, this is a great tool we have um, to, to utilize to help with that. And that is a prescription usually done at a compounding pharmacy. Um, as we mentioned before, the saw palmetto and the dim, this, these are helpful in really getting our hormones more balanced. Um, other things to help quench inflammation are things like cytoquel. Um, there's a great herbal form I like to use by Dr. Narula called Itis Care that has a lot of boswellia, ginger, frankincense, um, curcumin. So it's a really nice herbal blend that um, isn't just helpful for inflammation or hair loss related to inflammation, but any pain or, or uh, chronic condition. Um, let's see, 
um, some of my, well, actually, sometimes I'll even focus if the hair loss is due to candida, for example, we see a lot of candida driving hair loss or gut infections. So of course, going after those gut infections, whether it's with prescriptions um, or a botanical formula, um, like Biocytin is one of my favorites, for example. Um, I love that one. And that's available at shopformhealth.com. Um, Nystatin could be a, a useful prescription if it is related to candida, for example, and that's easily detected by blood testing. Um, some fun topical things I like to use um, for those people that are interested in essential oils, rosemary essential oil, things like lavender or thyme. Um, I think it's cedar wood. So there's all kinds of fun tools. You could really kind of have fun with it because um, I know you, losing your hair can be very stressful and then that stress can continue to drive the issue because I've personally had this happen and then it's like, oh no, my life is over, my hair's falling out. Um, so, you know, try to have fun with it and don't, don't despair because you can really have fun. One of my friends loves doing hair masks so she's always trying to talk me into, hey, why don't you do a hair mask? Like, you know, mix some avocado and bananas. And um, I think she'll put like coconut oil and rosemary oil and different things that, and do a hair mask once a week. So you can, um, you know, really, really have a nice uh, treatment that way. Well, maybe with, get with your girlfriends or your family or, you know, your kids and, and do a fun hair mask while you watch a movie or something. Um, gosh, did, um, just... Just so many fun things. Um, how about you, Dr. Casebolt? Yeah. Well, I learned a lot from you. My goodness. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware of the hair masks. Um, we do have some compounding pharmacies in our area uh, that have kind of specialized in creating topical formulas. Um, and they had some great before and after pictures to show me. I can't say that I have definitely tried them and definitely seen um, because Hair loss is not the number one issue that people come in for, but it is one of the issues. I do want to emphasize what uh, Camilla said about uh, getting a nutritional analysis. Um, you can either do this full spectrum, which is probably how she found the uh, vitamin A toxicity, um, or at the very least, uh, and of course the full spectrum nutritional analysis, usually we have to use a specialty lab, um, such as SpectraCell or Vibrant. I don't know which one you're using, uh, Camilla. Um, Lately, I've been using a lot of the Genova, the metabolomics. Okay, so Genova, mm -hmm. another good functional lab, and they're right up there in your neck of the woods. Um, but we'll sometimes just use a regular lab core draw and get zinc levels. Um, iron, iron's a big one for hair, um, and sometimes copper, and make sure, you know, in particular that those, those minerals are optimized. Um, we do have... We haven't done a lot of this lately, but I have been trained in a procedure called PRP, hair restoration. Um, and the latest iteration of that, so this has been around for a while. Uh, so just so people watching this can understand, PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma. It is a regenerative product that we harvest from the patient. So the way it starts is we are gonna put a tourniquet on, draw some blood, and then my, um, lab tech is going to do a very meticulous, careful processing of that in to the point where the red blood cells are discarded and only the platelet rich portion of the plasma remains. And then we have a special activating agent to make those platelets really vigorous um, and do, and platelets are regenerative. They're not at, like stem cells, but they are definitely regenerative. 
Um, in the meantime, we've had our patient go to our treatment room and we have done two things. We've applied a very strong numbing cream to the area that we're gonna be treating. And once that numbing cream has taken somewhat of an effect, we also will do a series of little injections around with some lidocaine. But again, we're trying to create a zone and usually we're treating right up here and the temples. We're trying to create a zone that's basically partially anesthetized, if you will. Um, and then once the PRP is prepped and ready to go in, uh, we typically have about 10 or 12 syringes that each one is a mill. So these are tiny little insulin syringes and needles. And I want to emphasize tiny, uh, but we do inject it in a grid pattern. So we'll take a, a syringe and do a little injection. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then we kind of keep track and we'll do another one and another one. And we cover the whole top of the head, which is usually the problem area. Um, and then we have a very intense topical protocol that involves peptides. And I didn't have the time to um, go back and review all the specific names, but there's a very intense protocol where two days a week, you apply one peptide topically, the other five days you apply. So we, have, we actually have to give them a calendar uh, that we printed off and telling which days you do which, because otherwise it could be a little intense. Um, and for 90 days, we're going to apply um, these peptides. There's also an injectable peptide called thymosin beta-4. Um, it's really good at helping hair regrow. Uh, one of our challenges is to find compounding pharmacies that are still making this. So there's, there have been some supply challenges with this. Um, but typically at the end of 90 days, they come back, we do the process again. And then after that, with that intense protocol of applying the topicals, that second PRP, they should have some good early growth. So that's one thing we can do at our clinic. That's wonderful. Thank you both so much. It, it was great information. It gives people a lot of hope. It gives people a lot of hope that they don't have to live this way. They can really gain balance, help their hair growth. Before we close tonight and open up the, the class to questions from our audience, I would love to know what is one key takeaway um, that you would love for our audience to know tonight. Camilla, I'll, I'll start with you. You know, I think that the main takeaway, like I, like I said before, is have fun with it and try not to let it stress you out too much, but also don't ignore it because it is a warning sign your body's giving you that something's going on. And whether it's, you know, an infection going on or just stress, um, or a nutritional deficiency, because maybe you have a gluten sensitivity. That's one of the hardest things my patients hear from me is, hey, you know, I think you have a gluten sensitivity. Let's try going gluten-free. Um, and luckily, they still keep coming back to see me. So that's good. <laughs> um, I tell them, if I can do it, you can do it. Because a lot of these things can be hard and challenging. But, you know, just stick with it. Um, be patient with yourself. Be patient with your hair. Um, you know, you didn't get to this state overnight, um, no matter what you're dealing with uh, in your health challenge journey. Um, so it's going to take some time to get your hair to grow back. Um, and, and, you know, there's so many tools, like we mentioned. Um, there's even others I, I forgot to say, like IV nutrition. Mm -hmm. So for those patients that really have, um, you know, a gut that's really inflamed or, or for whatever reason, they're not absorbing properly. We do offer IV nutrition in, in our clinic. And I think Dr. Caseball, you do as well. 
Um, so something like a, a mega nutrient IV or different IVs we can offer to really help replenish those reserves while you're working on, on what those root causes are and, and heal. Um, so one of the other things I think that I forgot to mention earlier is um, betaine HCL or digestive enzymes, um, probiotics, all these things are also so helpful for the gut. Um, I personally have Hashimoto's, so I've struggled with low iron, as I mentioned before. And I think one of the main reasons for that is I have low stomach acid. Um, so that, that was a huge game changer for me. And sometimes it, it can be such a simple solution. So just really identifying what that is for that each individual person, um, can be fun, you know, um, don't despair. There's, there's a lot of options. Um, we really, um, enjoy coming to work every day because we see results. And I think that's really amazing, um, to have all the tools that we have, um, is just incredible and and it's, it's it's nice to see people get better definitely and how about you dr case bolt what's yeah. one key takeaway that was a hard act to follow because i think <laughs> it was all of them um i i am so glad uh camilla that you brought up about the betaine it is so cheap and simple to do that and i yeah. suddenly forget about that but here's there we have so many patients that are on ppi drugs proton pump inhibitors um, this would be the omeprazole and that entire class. And they're on it chronically, you know, decades, they could have, they could be on this. And the real problem is not that they have low stomach acid. I mean, high stomach acid, they probably had low stomach acid, but just enough acid to cause reflux if it travels up and then they make the matters, matters worse with a PPI drug. So as she mentioned, PPI, um, stomach acid is essential for at least three categories of nutrients, minerals, vitamins, and protein. And all three are definitely necessary to grow a healthy head of hair. So yeah, that's, uh, betaine can be a wonderful, it's just a very inexpensive supplement. You take it before meals, it instantly creates that stomach acid that you need so that you can absorb. Um, and it can, it can be a game changer. Um, I guess, you know, part of my practice, I'm very hormone centric. And again, I think it's because I'm postmenopausal. And so I had to walk through that walk myself. Um, I again, love to test for and replace the missing hormones because it's not only gonna help hair in most cases, um, it's gonna help your energy, your frame of mind, even your immune system can improve with hormones. Um, it's good for brain health, lower incidence of dementia, heart health, lower incidence of heart disease, uh, bone health, lower risk of osteoporosis. Um, it just is a, it's a youthful thing to do. And, um, and, it, and when done correctly, it does not increase risk of breast cancer, which has a lot of women fearful. Um, but yeah, like Camilla said, um, come find a functional medicine practitioner who can help you resolve these root issues and, and you won't be sorry. Absolutely. Well said, ladies. Thank you so much. This was such good information. Like I said, it gives people so much hope. Um, and like you both said, there's numerous treatments to help not just your hair loss, but your entire health and wellness. Uh, everything's connected. So thank you for your expertise on this. Um, I would now love to open up the class to questions from the audience. And we'll probably take the next five to 10 minutes to answer any of your, uh, your burning questions on hair loss. Uh, so I had one that just came in from Marjorie. Does the Epstein-Barr virus contribute to hair loss? It's a great question. 
I think it can indirectly because Epstein-Barr is one of those um, illnesses that can be a trigger for Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune thyroid. So Epstein-Barr and other viruses can be huge triggers for autoimmune. And I'm going to ask uh, Camilla's opinion on that as well. Absolutely. I, it's actually one of the known root causes for even Hashimoto's, the autoimmune thyroiditis. So it can definitely be contributing to hair loss. Very interesting. Okay, that's great to know. Um, another question came in, does excessive washing, styling, and coloring hair affect hair loss? Of course, you know, we all do that as women. <laughs> I would say yes. Um, you know, we absorb chemicals um, through our skin. So it's probably not a good idea to be, to be using too many of those. Um, I know I'm guilty of that. I used to do the hairspray or the gel or different things in my hair all the time. And, um, and I do, you know, try to stay away from that now. So uh, we have a fun product here um, called Miracle 2 Gel, which you can use in your hair. Um, and it's, it's quite lovely and it doesn't have any chemicals and it just has some trace minerals. Um, so that's a, that's a nice alternative. So there's all kinds of alternatives these days, which is wonderful. Um, and again, you can kind of have fun with that. Um, a fun one that I forgot to mention before for eyelashes, a lot of women wonder, oh my goodness, my eyelashes are falling out, um, is putting some castor oil on the base of your eyelashes could be helpful. Um, and, and um, kind of an interesting sign too, is if you lose the outer edges of your eyebrows, that can be related to hypothyroidism so, or, or poor thyroid function. So that's also a sign that you don't want to ignore. That's great. I love the tip about cast, uh, castor oil. That's something that I know my grandmother always used. Um, and it's, it's inexpensive and really effective for everything, feet, hands, nails. So it's a yep. great suggestion. Um, another question just came in, is hair loss hereditary? It's definitely, there's definitely a hereditary component. Okay. Um, in fact, again, I'll ask women that are, that we're going to put on hormones because it helps me gauge how much testosterone we might tolerate. And if they say, no, everybody has a thick head of hair in my household, you know, my relatives, then I have, uh, I can have a little more leeway in determining the dose that will give them that energy and libido that they're looking for. But if they say, yeah, my mother had, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, genetic, then I, I have to be super careful about recommending any kind of androgen, you know, any kind of testosterone. Um, I want to touch on something that um, someone said earlier, post COVID. Um, one of the theories as to why people lose hair after COVID is that they can develop temporary thyroid dysfunction. Um, mm. Or who knows, maybe it's just a post COVID inflammatory thing. Right. Uh, one thing I try to remember if a person has had COVID, and they're now, you know, if they have any of the hypothyroid symptoms, check them again, even if you checked them before COVID, because if they have those, mm -hmm. there definitely could be um, a thyroid issue that's cropped up in the meantime. Um, so yeah, so those are my, my tips. That's great. Uh, let's see, Raphael just wrote in, I'm on TRT. How do I go about knowing what the correct, correct balance is for me? Uh, TRT. Sounds like testosterone replacement therapy. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, there's there's a few women that we do place on just testosterone. Typically, if they're in their forties and they haven't gone through menopause, um, I 
there's a lot of, um, this is where the art of medicine comes in because levels don't always correlate with how a woman's going to respond. Um, I had a patient just today tell me uh, that I had placed her on very low doses of NP thyroid, which is a desiccated porcine. Um, so this is really a dried pig extract considered to be a little more natural than the legal thyroxine. Just, she had some very soft symptoms of low thyroid. Numbers look pretty good, but just a little bit low on the T3. And then she had low normal testosterone. Now in her case, she has very thick hair, uh, wasn't even a, a consideration, but just we, we kind of treat with our goal to resolve their symptoms. And so we track both lab numbers as well as uh, response. That's why I'm, I'm fond of saying there's no one woman that is on the identical HRD, um, whether it's because we, we just so customize it to that particular person. Some women need far more estrogen. Some other women need far more testosterone, just kind of how their body is um, set. But yeah, we, we just, we, we do it with care, careful consideration of all symptoms and lab work is the best I can say. Okay. That's great. Um, Camilla, one of your patients just wrote in, she said, after a period of time on hormone replacement therapy, because it sounds like her estrogen and progesterone were very low, her estrogen has not budged on hormone replacement therapy. And she's asking, are there any ideas why my body might not be absorbing the estrogen slash progesterone cream? Um, you know, sometimes creams don't work and we could try different, um, avenues of hormone replacement. Um, we don't offer hormone pellet therapy in our office. I think Dr. Turkey's fault, that's, that's one of the things you use. Um, mm -hmm. So that could be another option. Um, you do have to be careful with estrogen given orally because it does go through the liver um, and that can increase your risk for blood clots. So we, we are very careful with that. But there's trochees that we could do sublingual or under the tongue. Um, so there's other forms we could try. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, Mary just wrote in, she says, I have Hashimoto's and autoimmune uh, atrophic gastritis. I'm taking betaine HCL or betaine HCL and probiotics. Any suggestions moving forward? Camilla, do you want to handle that? <laughs> or, you know, um, it's hard. It's hard when someone has uh, chronic absorption issues. IV nutrition therapy, like I mentioned before, if there's a place near you you could seek out, um, could be really useful. Um, I think there's also more research being done on topical um, kind of vitamin replacement. Um, we're even looking at some sublingual uh, supplements uh, to, to start using. One actually is for hair loss. Um, I don't know if I have the name of it here. Um, I don't know if you remember that one, Dr. Case. Oh, I just heard about it today and yeah. I brand so, new to me. I remember it was strawberry flavored. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. But I don't remember the name, but I'm going to look into that because it sounded really promising for, for hair nutrients. Cause it was all just absorbing right there on the tongue. Right. Oh, I, I think I have it. It's called, um, hair fall control. Um, and it's got different um, things like zinc, iron, Indian gooseberry, coconut oil, selenium, and carinot. Mm. Um, so that would be fun to play with if, you know, for those people that have absorption issues, because um, 
sublingual absorption is, is a lot better. For example, for uh, people with gastritis, a lot of times when I replace their B12, um, I don't give it orally um, in a capsule or a pill, but I'll, I'll tell them to take it under their tongue so that it absorbs better through that mucosal layer um, or B12 injections, or again, IV therapy, just depending on how severe their condition is. And then I wanted to add, when uh, sometimes when a person has a kind of an atrophic um, atrophy situation in their stomach, um, they could be high in heavy metals. And I know you've taken the chelation course. Mm-hmm. I've taken the exact same course from ACAM. Um, mm-hmm. And so some of these people would be a candidate, you know, for a heavy metal analysis, especially if I look in their mouth and I see a lot of amalgam fillings, which are the silver fillings, which are actually majority mercury. And mercury is one of the most toxic elements um, in our environment, and it can cause a multitude. Um, in fact, going back to the autoimmune thyroid, um, mercury, along with Epstein-Barr, those are the two considered that and gluten. Those are the three big triggers uh, for autoimmune thyroid. Um, mm-hmm. So again, we should probably be doing more uh, assessing for heavy metals um, and, and then that is a such a great reminder and point, Dr. Casebolt, because um, mercury sits in the same column on the periodic table that zinc does. So it can actually kick zinc out of the body. Yes. Um, and we see so many of those patients with amalgam fillings and um, and and that can trigger autoimmune issues. So that's that's a great reminder. One of the tests we offer here is a toxic and essential elements hair analysis. And if we see, for example, on the bottom part portion of that test, the nutritional analysis, if we see a left shift that tells us you're a poor absorber or there's some kind of malnutrition going on. Um, and a lot of times we'll see the zinc very high in that portion. So it's almost counterintuitive, but I think the theory behind that is that the zinc is being kicked out by the mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just focus on replacing that more. Another fun tip Dr. Wilson has taught me Um, is looking for white spots on your fingernails. Mm -hmm. So if you see a lot of white spots on your fingernails, a lot of times that could be from an injury, um, but other times it could be uh, due to a zinc deficiency. So, yeah, um, I always, as part of my physical exam, assuming the women don't have their nails all covered, um, um, but I, again, personal story, used to have white spots. I had them for years. I had no idea. Me too. I hadn't learned this. And so, and then I started becoming aware and I have some zinc, which I take periodically and I haven't had a white spot on my fingernails for, for a long time. So I feel like I think I've got that zinc, you know, improved. Um, but yeah, that's a great tip. Um, mm-hmm. zinc fingernails. That's so interesting. I need to check now. <laughs> well, I'm known to come up to people in the grocery store and say, you know, you have white spots on your fingernails. You might need some zinc. <laughs> And then my husband's just hiding, you know. <laughs> I love that. We have a lot of people raising their hand in the audience as well. I think oh, a lot good. of us are experiencing that. And also in your toenails as well, too. And not just your fingernails, but looking at your toenails, sure. too, I'm sure. Um, a great question just came in. How long does it typically take to start seeing hair loss with temporary thyroid dysfunction due to COVID? This person had COVID in late June, early July, and started to experience extreme hair loss in August and September. And it, she said, it, um, it's not diverse hair loss, and it's diverse hair loss, not acute. 
Yeah, probably diffuse is what she means. Oh, diffuse, yes. Diffuse. Yeah. So um, long haul COVID, of course, is an entire webinar in and of itself. Yes. Um, it's, it is really a tricky situation with long haul COVID. Um, you just have to focus on keeping your gut healthy, making sure your hormones are good, including your thyroid, your micronutrients. Um, a completely novel approach to long haul COVID. Uh, and I, I don't know, Camilla, if you uh, were present on the Forum Health Roundtable discussion couple, I guess it was um, September, I think, uh, where one of our um, partners in crime, one of our uh, fellow practitioners has used a device called the dolphin vagal nerve stimulator because the theory is that the vagus nerve, which basically runs your autonomic, you can think of that as our automatic nervous system, it connects the brain and the gut together and just runs this whole section um, and it gets inflamed with COVID, very inflamed. And sometimes it's like a cycle or a rut that you can't break out of. You're just in this rut and you can't get the energy up. Your body just can't get its way out. You just can't pull yourself up by the bootstraps. So there is this device called the dolphin vagal nerve stimulator, um, which you do a few treatments uh, and it's very simple. It doesn't hurt. I went ahead and purchased one. I'm still on a steep learning curve for learning how to use it better. Um, and by the way, that is also available on Shop Forum Health. Um, but it will reboot and repair the vagus nerve. And once the vagus nerve is repaired, you your long haul COVID starts to go away. So this is a brand new innovative thing that I'm still learning about, very excited about. Um, it has other applications, the, the dolphin can also um, make scars softer, not go away entirely, but it can soften scars. And there's, there are people who have pain issues and energy issues due to scar tissue. Um, so there's actually a lot of applications for the dolphin, which I'm just beginning to learn. Very exciting. I'm excited about it as well. Still learning about it, but definitely looking forward to implementing that. I, I love how, um, you know, Forum Health gives us this platform. And if, if there's something we're excited about as practitioners, they'll make it happen. They'll, they'll get it to available to us and, and the website for our patients. And that's right. really fun because I know we're always, hey, what about this? Can we add this? Yeah. One of the other the tests, you know, if, if a patient wants to check that on their own is a thyroid blood spot test by ZRT Labs. That's also available on Shop Forum Health that you could do um, without seeing a provider. So so we are trying to provide more and more tools for, for patients to be more self-sufficient. Yeah, good point. Good point on that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody just asked, can taking uh, uh, warfarin, is that how you pronounce it? Warfarin cause weight loss? Warfarin. Warfarin. So warfarin is the generic for Coumadin. Mm, okay. A blood thinner. Okay. And I think it's pretty neutral when it comes to weight. Um, unless, Camilla, you have a different observation. Um, so... Let me just, I'm actually going to go into the chat section. Oh, you must have released that one. Oh, here. Um, you can I, wanted to, I wanted to see what she actually wrote. Yeah, that, that's exactly what they wrote. That was it. Okay, answered. This means, okay, so what was, say it again one more time. Um, it, it was if, if, um, if that causes any type of hair loss. That was oh, the- Hair loss. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, hair loss. I'm, honestly, I'm not aware. Uh, what, is, what are okay. your thoughts, uh, Camilla? I guess, you know, a lot of um, the pharmaceutical medications can kick some nutrients out of the body, especially things like B12, B6, 
Mm-hmm. Magnesium is a big yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look up uh, cumin or warfarin in particular to see if there's that connection, but if it's possible that it's kicking out some of the minerals or nutrients, um, which can long in the long run contribute to hair loss. Okay. Um, Andrea just wrote in, what could it mean if her TSH is low, but the T4 and the T3 are low, even on thyroid medication? Yeah, so this can be tricky. Um, And part of what we have to kind of combat is opinions that patients have gotten from other doctors. And I find there's just a lot of mismanagement, I'm just gonna say it, uh, thyroid conditions out there in in conventional medicine. Um, There's far too much weight and importance attached to the TSH, which is not even a thyroid hormone, it's a pituitary hormone. So TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone is produced deep inside the pituitary, supposed to be produced in response to the uh, availability or lack thereof of thyroid hormones, but there are numerous things that can interfere to where if you have a normal or even a suppressed TSH, it does not mean that your thyroid is adequate. It just doesn't. So it's always helpful to get, uh, I get a free T4, a free T3. Sometimes I get a reverse T3. Um, I, I listen to the patient's symptoms. Um, and because there are other conditions that can mimic hypothyroidism, Um, But Camilla and I were both in Chicago this past weekend for the annual Forum Health um, get-together, and one of the speakers mentioned that even when thyroid numbers are normal, if people have certain constellations of symptoms, such as fibromyalgia, chronic pain, uh, I don't remember the entire list, but they often or almost always can benefit if they're given thyroid medicine in the form of T3 which we call Cytomel or the generic is Lyothyronine. Um, so you, you don't always go just by the numbers. You have to assess you know, people's response. Some people um, maybe need some supplements to kind of wake up their thyroid receptors. So receptor function, and that's also kind of an overall health, gut health, all of that, you know, vagal nerve health. Um, so there's a lot to consider. I've had, <laughs> I've had so many patients come to me, brand new patients who I've been trying to tell my doctor that I have all these thyroid symptoms and they just tell me I have a normal TSH and then dismiss me. And the frustration is just huge. And so we'll do more testing, a little more in-depth uh, interviewing and assessment. Like she said, look at the uh, eyebrows. If the tongue is scalloped, that is often a sign of low thyroid. Mm-hmm. And so I look at all these things and we'll often do a therapeutic trial of some thyroid, you know, possibly MP thyroid or armor or possibly cytomel, just kind of depends what the numbers and symptoms are. Um, that yeah, you can't always 100% go by the numbers, especially if you're just dealing with TSH. Right. Yeah, I, I love that point, Dr. Caseball. Yeah. Absolutely. And the tongue definitely mm-hmm. can be a dead giveaway. Yeah, for gut issues or low thyroid. Um, we'll, we'll look at things like reflexes in the office. So there's so many, so many other clues, not just blood work. Yeah, definitely. Their body temperature, for example, if they're always. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, one more question. This will be our last question for tonight. 
Uh, this is a good one. How often should I wash my hair if I'm experiencing hair loss? Should you tailor your schedule or wash less frequently? I'm not certain that hair washing frequency has a great deal to do with hair loss unless they're using a very harsh product. Now, if they're using a harsh product, then uh, I would suggest going with the ones that Camilla suggested earlier. Um, and it also depends on your hairstyle. You know, I have short hair, it has to be fluffy, you know, I can't have it matted down with oil. I also have kind of sort of dry hair. So I can go easily two, three days in between. I'm not a daily because that would dry my hair out too much. Um, and, it's, and it's very easy for me to go two or three days. I don't use much product on my hair either. I don't, in fact, I hardly use anything on my hair. I'm just very sparing with the shampoo um, and the cream rinse. And, um, but I'd love to hear Camilla's opinion. I'm with you, Dr. Casefault, every like three days or so, because I, I tend to have dry hair as well, probably because my Hashimoto's and low stomach acid and, and things that I deal with myself. But um, I started playing with that Miracle 2 shampoo lately. So we'll see how that goes. I'm excited to see it. But but I think for, for me, too, if um, because I don't tend to have oily hair, maybe twice a week. Okay, That's great. Well, ladies, thank you so much. This was such great information. I'm sure it's helped a lot of people tonight. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about treating hair loss or to find out if Forum Health is right for you, please visit us at forumhealth.com or call 855-524-0788 to schedule a 15-minute health advisor call. Again, visit forumhealth.com. Uh, Camilla is in Forum Health Asheville and Dr. Case Bolt is in Forum Health Greenville. Can both help you out there. Um, again, or you can call our number. It's 855-524-0788. Um, also, in the meantime, visit us at forumhealth.com and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We have tons of great content there on a variety of different topics. Um, so please make sure you connect with us on those platforms. And again, thank you again, Camilla. Thank you, Dr. Casebolt, and for everyone who joined us uh, tonight. Thank you all. Thank you. Have a great evening. Take care. Good night. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Forum Health Podcast. Forum Health is the first nationwide network of integrative and functional medicine providers. To learn more about this topic and to find a Forum Health provider near you, visit forumhealth.com.